You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word, then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God has given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. And while you're there, download our free mobile app. You can Listen to all of our previous messages. You can read great articles, connect with our online community, and use that digital Bible to follow along with us here each and every day as we go through the Gospels. If you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications, does a ton for us in terms of getting forward in the algorithm, and we want to get this message, we want to get the Word of God out to as many people as possible. So please share this stream. I know you're all um, blessed by it, which is humbling to me. I get a lot of great messages from you all about this study, and it's so important to uh, just be consistent in the study of your word. Hey, whether or not this you know, broadcast continues, right? Uh, I enjoy being with you here each and every day, but the important thing is that your walk with God is really between you and God, right? And what do we do together? We strengthen one another. We are stronger together, but look, I've said it uh, many, many times. If you were the only Christian on earth, would you pray? Would you worship? Would you pursue him with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind? It's something to think about um, that we don't need anyone else really to motivate us um, it's helpful, don't get me wrong, uh, but the goal is to pursue God with everything that you've got. You can't pursue God with everything that I've got. That's up to me to do for myself. But the, what I hope is that through this study each and every day, and again, we get together for just a couple minutes, and we try to kick off our day with a, with the Word, and then move on to what God has for us throughout the remaining 99% of our day. But it is so, so important to get our own walk going. Amen. All right. So we're going to continue through Matthew chapter 10, uh, as we have seen over the past couple of recordings here that, you know, Jesus is trying to show them that things are not going to be easy, right? There's a transition where we see Jesus doing all the work pretty much. He's he's teaching the kingdom. He's exhibiting the power of the kingdom of God. And then we see, see a shift from chapter 9 to chapter 10 where he says, all right, you go do the things that I do. I'm going to give you, I'm going to impart the spirit into you. You go to the houses. You preach the good news. And if you're not received, right, n- no biggie. Take your peace with you. Don't let anybody steal your peace and your joy. Wipe the dust off your feet and move on. Right. And we talked about how there was an urgency in that first century, especially to reach the houses of Israel before the destruction of the temple. And also, also because those who were within that community in ancient Israel, the people of the old covenant, some of them, a remnant of them would recognize that all of the prophecies up until this point were pointing to the Messiah and that Messiah was Jesus. Remember, Matthew is trying to establish in his gospel very clearly because the audience of Matthew's gospel was first century Israel. He is showing them that Jesus is the Messiah. 
So we are now seeing that the disciples go out and start doing the things that Jesus did. He tells them, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. You got the authority because I have the authority, which when we get to the Great Commission, we'll see is absolutely Jesus's charge. But he basically says it's going to be a hard road ahead. They're going to drag you out into the synagogues. They're going to drag you before governors and kings and put you in places that you feel ill-equipped to be in. But don't worry, I have equipped you with everything that you need. He says, don't worry about what you will say. I'll give you what to say through the Holy Spirit. And 2,000 years later, we can still apply that to our lives. God is going to put us in situations where we're uncomfortable, where we feel ill-equipped to complete the task. But it's not about our strength. It's about his strength. It's not about our will. It's about his will. And I hope what you're beginning to understand as we read through this gospel is that God is giving you everything that you need to accomplish the things that you are meant to accomplish here on earth. So we continue now. We're going to start with Matthew uh, chapter 10, verse 24. And to go back to verse 23, he basically tells them, hey, when you're persecuted, move on. And you're going to go through all of the cities. You're you're not going to finish, excuse me, going through all the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes. Right? And he's talking about the transition from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. That they were going to press forward through the cities of Israel. And what did he say? Preach to them that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There was a major, major transition going on in that first century. So now Jesus leans in a little more and he's sharing with them that there is a cost to discipleship. That they are not only just workers, they are disciples. And we'll get to what that really means here in a second. But what he's really preparing them for is what we're going to see in the coming chapters is though the walls start to close in a little bit around Jesus and the disciples, the religious leaders of that time are really going to start persecuting them more and more. And we're going to see this begin to build all the way through, obviously, to the cross itself. And I'm just going to start with 24 here and uh, and read. It says, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. It is enough for the disciple that he become as his teacher and the slave as his master. If they have called the head of the house Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household? Jesus is forewarning them of what's about to happen. We'll find in Matthew chapter 12 that the Pharisees are going to claim that he's doing all of these things by the power of evil. And that's where Jesus says the famous, the house divided itself against itself shall not stand. 
So he's telling them if he's if they're going to call me a devil, if they're going to call me evil, if they're going to come against me, how much more do you think they're going to come against you? So he says in 26, though, he says, therefore, do not fear them. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. And what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim from the housetops. He's telling them, be bold. And even when it looks like they have the upper hand, they don't have the upper hand. Don't fear them. The mission is greater than the persecution. And the truth always, always becomes visible. There's could be times in your life where you feel like everything's coming down on you. The truth is going to come out. That's why it's always so important to be on the side of truth. And trust me, the early church, even during Jesus's ministry, they were going to see some pretty dark times from seeing their Lord and Savior dragged away. From being persecuted in the streets and in the synagogues and being stoned. There were some tough times ahead. But you and I, 2,000 years later, are here worshiping God, praying, reading the Bible. Tell me he's not victorious. 2,000 years later, what these men and women did are still resonating with us. But we have to realize that it's not just a, I mean, I mean historically, it's, it's fascinating. But you have to realize that you are the Acts Church of today. And we've got enough tro- troubles and trials and tribulations in this world right now th- that we could do two things, right? We could sit and worry and hunker down and not do a thing, which a lot of the church does. We turn around and say, these things must happen. No, 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 no. We have all the authority. We don't have to have evil here on this earth. We could extinguish every evil that raises up. And we do so not with swords, not with fists, but with love, with the truth, because the truth sets us free. And Jesus is saying, when all this stuff is happening, don't be timid, be bold. And verse 28 says, don't fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in Hell, that word hell is the word Gehenna, okay? Gehenna, interestingly enough, was an actual physical place. It was the Valley of Ben-Hinnom. It was a place just outside of Jerusalem, okay? So a lot of times when you see the word hell, that's why I love having a Bible with a concordance because you can see what it meant. So when it says Gehenna, the reference, the visual, what they what this place was just outside of Jerusalem was a place where they would burn garbage, and if you were sentenced to death, they would drag you out there, and they would stone you to death right there alongside the garbage. So it was a place of punishment. So a lot of times the references, we want to like attach it to eternal conscious punishment, and we can get into that a, a, another time. But what, what I'm saying is the visualization as well is that it is a place of shame and punishment. 
But what verse 28 is saying here is don't fear those who can kill the body. Look, somebody can kill you, but they can't take your soul. Your soul, your spirit, that's with God. And that's the beauty of being a follower of Jesus Christ. We know that there's nothing that can take us out for real, for real. Right? Because we have eternal life. That is a gift of the new covenant. Is that we have eternal life. That we cannot be destroyed. That our destination is ultimately with God forever and ever. For all of eternity. And in Psalm 118, the psalmist said this. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere people do to me? So that's my prayer for you this morning as you go into your day. Because again, we can study what the early church did. And then we can apply it to our lives. We have our challenges here. We may have a different urgency here in a sense. But the Great Commission calls us to realize that there are people around us each and every day that need to hear the gospel, need to hear the hope that is inside of us. And we may come across persecution, but that's okay. What can mere man do to us who has the Holy Spirit alive on the inside? Amen? I don't fear men. I don't fear kings of this world. You and I are ambassadors of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He tells them, do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. So we're talking about God is the protector of your eternal soul. And that word fear doesn't mean be afraid. God's not an abuser. God doesn't want you terrified of him. He wants you to revere him. I, I hear that from the atheist community a lot. Oh, yeah, you have a God that, that wants you to fear him. Not fear in the way that you and I think, but it means reverence, to revere, to respect. And you realize how big God is. And we I don't think we can fully wrap our mind around it, around him, his glory, his majesty. But we can realize that Without him, we are nothing. That he is everything. He's all-knowing, all-powerful. Now, if he was a bad God, we could be terrified, but he's not. He's a God of love. Amen? That's why Jesus continues to tell them, are not two sparrows, verse 29, sold for a cent, and yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. Jesus is explaining to them. He says verse 30 in verse 30, but the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Therefore do not fear for you are of more value than the sparrows. Everyone therefore who shall confess me before men, I will also confess him before my father who is in heaven. God is saying, <laughs> And he said, Jesus has said this before. He takes care of the sparrows. He takes care of the birds. If he takes care of the birds, he'll take care of you. He clothes the fields. 
and beautiful flowers. And if God is taking care of the small things in this world, the things that we have been given dominion over. If you remember in creation, God created all these things, created the stars in the sky, created the water, created the, uh, he created the, the animals. And he said, it is good. But when he came to man, humanity, he said, it is very good. He looks at us and says, we are very good. And why do I bring that up? Because we're created in his image. And for those of us who are in Christ, who have the truth of the realness of God, Jesus was the perfect reflection of everything that God really is. See, what Jesus is dealing with is millennia of people who did not have a clear view of what God is. So we created all these things. We a God who is a, a punisher, a destroyer, a, a, all these things that smites his enemies. And Jesus was coming and flipping the script, so to speak, saying, no, you love your neighbor as yourself. You love before all things. You bless your enemy. This was shocking to them. But Jesus is showing us here at the end what it means to be a disciple. What it means to be a disciple is someone who is willing to learn, to follow, maybe re reverse that, to follow, to learn, and then apply. And that's my prayer for you, that you would allow yourself to not just be a believer in Christ, but be a disciple in Christ, to be one who imitates Christ, to do the things that Jesus did. Now, you may say, I don't know if I'm ready to lay hands on the dead and have them raise or even lay hands on the, you'll, I believe you'll get there if you pursue it, but just love your neighbor. Be that source of hope. Be that light to this world that Jesus is calling you to be. Amen. And God says, if he takes care of the birds, take care of you. If he takes care of the flowers, he'll take care of you. He knows the number of hairs that are on your head. Amen. So let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, help us to understand what it means to be a disciple. To be a disciple means that we first believe in you, then we follow you, then we learn from you, and then we apply what we learn. And that's what we look to go out and do today, to apply everything that we learn in your word. We're not going to do it perfectly, Lord, but you're perfect. And your word says that you'll give us everything that we need to accomplish whatever you set us out to accomplish. It is enough for the disciple that he becomes as his teacher, says Matthew chapter 10, verse 25. God, as we go into this day, we pray that we can become more like you. And we do that through being more Christ-like. 
We pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. Go out and be Jesus to somebody today. Amen. And don't fear. You may come across some challenges today, but God's given you everything that you need to accomplish what he set you out to do. Amen. I love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow. We are going to continue with Matthew chapter 10.